Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Mark chapter 2. We're going to look at just a marvelous story today that I think you're going to enjoy and you'll find very inspiring. Mark chapter 2. Mark is the second book in the New Testament. So if you find the book of Matthew and keep turning to the right, eventually you'll bump into Mark and then chapter 2. While you're finding that, let me ask you a few questions. Do you love Christmas? And just find this all to be very energizing this time of the year, this season, and everything that comes with it. Do you love Christmas? Or would you possibly say you kind of endure Christmas? You don't necessarily have a problem with it, but you get through and you're looking forward to a new year and everything that comes on the other side of this whole season. And so you kind of endure it. Do you love Christmas? Do you endure Christmas, or would you say that you dread Christmas? Maybe something has happened to you at this time of the year, and you don't look forward to this season because of those memories, or maybe the feelings of loneliness begin to descend upon you as you walk through the season, and you wouldn't say that you love it or you endure it. You actually dread it. Maybe you would even say you hate it. So love it, endure it, or dread it. No matter how you're feeling about Christmas, time is moving us toward the day. Christmas time is here. And time has been our theme this month. Here's what I want us to think about, and I really want you to hear this. No matter how you're feeling about Christmas, whether you love it, you endure it, or even if you dread it, I believe Christmas is something that we can enjoy, and that this Christmas time, this year, what we will experience in just a few days can be wonderful and even great if, now here comes the clause, right? If we use our time strategically. So we can have a wonderful Christmas. It can even be great in spite of what may be happening around us, in spite of our circumstances, in spite of how we may be feeling about this particular time. It can be wonderful. It can be great if we use our time strategically. I think the question becomes, how do you do that? Well, last week we said this. Christmas, it's time for renewal, and this is something that can happen on the inside of us when we give and when we are generous and we don't expect anything in return. We talked last week about how renewal in our heart, renewal in our lives can happen this time of the year when we selflessly give without expecting anything back, and the ultimate example we have is Jesus himself who actually said, it is more blessed, quoting Jesus here. These are his words, it is more blessed. And and we looked at that word, and the word blessed means to be happy or to be filled with joy. 
And so we can have happiness, we can have joy, which we attach to being renewed on the inside. That can happen for us when we understand, based on the words of Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we pointed everyone in a practical way to our Christmas initiative and how we are partnering with several different organizations over this season and just giving them funds so that they can do what they need to do. And I'm excited to see how God uses that in our lives and in the life of our church too, to just renew us on the inside. So that was last week. Yet let's use our time strategically to be renewed on the inside by giving without expecting anything back. Here's our big idea for today. And that is it's time for salvaging. Salvaging. (laughs) That's kind of a funny word, isn't it? And it's not a very Christmassy word. Normally, we think of salvaging and we connect that to scavenging where you pick up things that are discarded and you find some type of use for them again. And that is certainly part of the word, but there is quite a bit more to this. And so what I'd like to do is just kind of think about this word salvaging for a bit and then connect it to this story in Mark chapter 2. So here's salvaging. It's the act of saving property in danger of damage. It means to save from ruin, destruction, or harm. It also has the idea of being rescued. This word actually came about in the 17th century. It originated in France. And they used the word to refer to saving a ship from being wrecked or being captured. And so again, this word originated and it had the idea of rescuing. So when I say Christmas, it's time for salvaging. I'm actually saying Christmas. This can be a time where we rescue. And I want to zero in on that for our remaining time together. Christmas, a time for salvaging, a time for rescuing. All right, it's story time. Let me tell you about the day that I salvaged Razzie. This is Razzie right here. Razzie has been a part of our family for about 15 years now. Razzie is a raccoon. And Razzie in our family has bestowed worth. I've talked to you about that before. How there are some things in our family that we just love and we keep and we treasure because they are important to us. Now, Razzie doesn't mean anything to you at all. You don't care about Razzie. You've never even heard about Razzie before. But in our family, Razzie is important just because he has bestowed worth. So let me tell you about the day that I salvaged Razzie. It's one of my great memories of being a father so far. So we were on vacation, and this is a few years ago, and we were in a small little town, and we were walking around the village area and shopping and looking at different places, and all of a sudden, my kids, who were much younger at the time, began to scream. They were panicky. And I looked at them and said, what's the problem? Why are we so excited? Why is everybody upset? And they're like, look. Razzie, we dropped him in the middle of the road. And I look over and sure enough, Razzie is, you know, like this. He's about to be roadkill. And they're very upset because Razzie is about to meet a certain demise. Razzie's going down. 
And so they're screaming and crying because, again, Razzie has bestowed worth in our house. Well, my initial thought as a father is, well, if you drop your toys in the middle of the road, this is what happens as a result. (laughs) It's a great dad thought, isn't it? Well, then I had compassion in my heart, and I felt bad for them, and I realized this is a moment for me not just to be a dad, but to be dad the hero. And you don't always have those opportunities as a dad. And so I thought, I'm going to take full advantage of this. I am going to salvage Razzie in the middle of the road. Now, what I would describe to you as what happened next is something from a James Bond movie. That's what I see in my mind. I sprung into action, leaped over cars, fended off enemies, and scooped up Razzie from the middle of the road, and I rescued him and delivered him safely into the arms of my babies who were very excited and happy about dad, right? Hero dad. The day I salvaged Razzie. Now, that's not exactly how the story went down, but the point is I made an attempt to pick up Razzie, who was flat on his back in the middle of the road, ready to be destroyed, and I rescued him. I salvaged Razzie. Salvaging. To rescue from harm. That's what it means. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as we jump into our story now in Mark chapter 2. And I want you to think about how all of us can use our Christmas time to salvage, to rescue. Rescue what? Well, I want to zero in kind of on three specific thoughts here. Let's think about using our Christmas time to salvage, to rescue a relationship. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that is broken and it's become a little sideways to you and it's just not working. Maybe it's time to rescue that relationship and to use your time wisely that way. Or maybe it's time to rescue your faith. Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I believe in God, I'm good with that, but some things have happened and I'm a bit shaky in my faith. I don't have confidence. It's not what it used to be. And I'd love to get back to that, but I'm not exactly sure how. Maybe you need to use your time this Christmas to salvage your faith and to make that dynamic and strong again. Or maybe it's time to salvage your God-given purpose. What if? What if we used our time this Christmas to rescue, to salvage a relationship, our faith, or our God-given purpose. I want you to think about that as we jump into our story now. So if you have your Bible or your device, let's look to Mark chapter 2. And I believe this is a story that specifically points to the life purpose of Jesus himself and what he came to accomplish. So let's dive into this. Here's verse 1. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, The news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. Picture this now. 
Jesus is back in town and he's teaching and everybody wanted to hear what he had to say because he said things that had never been said before. And he performed miracles that had never been done before. And so he's in this small little house and a crowd has gathered. They can't even stay inside. The crowd is now outside the home. And here's what happens. These individuals, these four men carry a paralyzed man. They bring him to Jesus They couldn't get into the house, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Amazing. And the construction of the language here suggests that they unroofed the roof. That's what they did. And there was probably a way for them to get to the top of this roof, and they realized we're not going to be able to get into Jesus. We have this individual, this friend, and we want to rescue him we want to salvage him and we believe Jesus might be able to change his life and so if we can just somehow get him to Jesus but the house is full and so they found a way to get to the flat roof which would be a very customary design for homes in this time and in this era and they unroofed the roof they began to peel back different layers I actually have a picture here of what a home in this era would have looked like. And so it would have been very possible for them to get up on the roof through a ladder of some sorts and to, as it says here in the text, to unroof the roof, to begin to peel back the different layers and get this man to Jesus. Verse 4 continues. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And this is really a remarkable part of the event. Jesus looked at this man and said, your sins are forgiven. And he identifies their faith. Whose faith? Well, I think it's the faith of the four men. And the remarkable feat of unroofing the roof and doing extraordinary things in order to get this man to Jesus so that Jesus could have this kind of conversation and interaction with him. It was their faith, but I also believe it was the faith of the man on the mat, and that's why Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. He recognized their faith. What do we know about these four friends? Well, not much. Scripture doesn't go on to say anything more about them But we know they acted with compassion. They were willing to do extraordinary things in order to rescue and to salvage their friend. And Jesus looked at them and said, I recognize your faith. It's interesting because Jesus was always on the search for people of faith. And when he identified it, when he saw it, he would mark their faith. And say, look at that. That's pretty special. That's amazing. And I think in this context, with the man being lowered in front of him, he stood and looked at the crowd and said, see those four? Faith. That's it. That's what it looks like. And you see this man here? Faith. That's what it looks like. Mark this. Identify it. Here is... Here's faith. 
Well, what happens next in verses 6 through 10 is that there are some religious leaders in the room, those with robes and suits and ties, and they're very concerned that Jesus actually forgave this man of their sins. And they said, wait a minute, wait. Time out, time out, Jesus. You can't do that. You don't have that kind of power. You don't have that kind of authority. You can't forgive sins. And Jesus said, whatever. I just did. I just did. Verse 10. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed And praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Jesus acted with the power and the authority of God and claimed equality with him. And then he made good on his claim and everybody was amazed. They were stunned. We've never seen anything like this before. That's the incredible story of salvaging, of rescuing that we find in Mark chapter 2. Now, I believe there are some thinking points that fall right out of the story. And as I share these thinking points with you, I want you to be considering how we need to use our time this Christmas to salvage, to rescue a relationship, our faith, or our God-given purpose. And then I'm going to come back with some takeaways that are specific to each one of those areas. So here are our thinking points that come right out of this salvaging story. Number one, those who choose to salvage accomplish special things. Those who choose to do that, whether it's a friendship, whether it's our faith or our God-given purpose or anything else that needs to be rescued and salvaged, I think people who choose to go about the process of doing salvaging kinds of things, they accomplish special things. They just get things done. It doesn't always make sense. It can't always be explained. It just happens. Secondly, those who choose to salvage get noticed by Jesus. Again, we don't know anything else about these four men. But you have to know that after going through the process of picking up this man on the mat and realizing that they weren't going to be able to get him to Jesus, that they climb up on a home and they unroof the roof in order to put this man before Jesus, you know they had to feel really good about that. And they had a story to share forever. Like, do you remember the day we picked up that guy who couldn't walk and we unroofed the roof, we peeled back all of the tiles and we lowered that man to Jesus? Do you remember that? You're crazy. No, you're crazy. No, we're kind of crazy, aren't we? And do you remember how everybody was stunned and amazed? That this man jumped up, his sins were forgiven, and he walked out. Do you remember that? We've got a story to share forever. And I believe when we get involved in rescuing and salvaging, we get noticed by Jesus, and we'll always have a story. Thirdly, those who choose to salvage cause others to praise God. See, salvaging acts direct attention to God, which is exactly where it belongs and where it needs to be. And so when we rescue, when we salvage, attention to God, glory to him. Okay, let me ask you some questions that kind of lead into our takeaways. First of all, do you have a relationship 
in your life that needs to be salvaged? Do you have that? Again, maybe there's something there that is damaged and you're thinking about that now, even as we have this conversation, that individual, that person is coming into your mind and maybe you even know because it's Christmas time that you may have the opportunity to interact with them at some event, some family gathering, some party, they're going to be there. Is there a relationship in your life that needs to be salvaged? Here's your takeaway. Make the call. Make the call. And do it today. And do it quickly. Do you have a relationship that needs to be salvaged? Make the call. Next question. Does your faith need to be salvaged? Maybe it's been a tough year for you. Or a tough couple of months here as you approach the end of the year. And you're just not very happy about 2016. And you can't wait for the next year so that you can dream again and have new hopes and new aspirations. Because 2016 hasn't exactly gone your way. And you would say that your faith is shaky. It's wavering. It's there, but it's not as dynamic as it used to be. Do you need to salvage your faith? Here's your takeaway. Trust again. Trust again. I say this phrase quite a bit, but I think it bears repeating because it's true. You have to face tomorrow anyway. Why not do it with Jesus? I mean, it's coming anyway. Why not do it with him? And allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to trust again. I want to say to all the students in the room, those of you who are in middle school or high school or older than that or even younger than that, perhaps. What about your faith being your faith? Not your parents' faith. Not your friends' faith. You can't borrow the faith of someone else. You can't borrow the trust of another person. Maybe this Christmas, you need to salvage your faith again and really make it your own and not hang on to the coattails of somebody else. Does your faith need to be rescued? Does it need to be salvaged? Well, trust again. And then final question. Does your God-given purpose need to be salvaged? Have you lost a bit of direction and that sense of purpose? And what does God want for me? Have you lost a bit of that? Then here's your takeaway, and that is selflessly serve. In other words, go through the roof for someone who can't do anything for you. Right? Could the paralyzed man do anything for these four? Well, we don't know entirely because it doesn't say in the text. But I think we can assume, based on his position in life, that there was really nothing that he could do for them. And so do you want to discover your God-given purpose and your direction and what God wants exactly for you? Then go through the roof for someone who can't do anything for you. I often hear people say, you know, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know what I should be doing. And my response to that always is, just start doing stuff. Just do anything. Go through the roof for people. Lower people down to Jesus who can't do anything back for you. And I think when we get involved in that kind of rescuing and salvaging work, the purpose lights just begin to come on and they come on quickly. So selflessly serve.
Uniquely, we have a very practical way to do that here at Valley Point Church, and I want to encourage you to consider this. On Saturday, we've got a love day coming, and you have a flyer in your program. I'd encourage you to take that out right now and look at these wonderful opportunities that we have to go through the roof for somebody this Saturday, where we can take just a couple of hours of our time. It's not even that much time. And inconvenience ourselves a little bit to help out other people who probably can't do anything for us. And you can read the list of events here. We're going to put together gift bags for our state police and the Conquerville Fire Department as a way to say thank you to them. We're going to be working with the Siloam Food Pantry and cleaning and and repairing and straightening things there. City team in Chester. We've got some great stuff lined up there. We're also going to be at the Frederick Douglass School in Chester running an event for them and some of their kids that go to school there and their families are going to come and we're going to get the chance to just encourage them. We're going to be at the Naaman's Creek Country Manor, a nursing home, and we're going to hand out flowers to the residents there and then we're going to gather them and we're going to sing Christmas carols because they love to do that so much. And so we're going to give up our time to do that. And then we're going to visit different widows and shut-ins. I would encourage you, if you need to rescue your God-given purpose, then this is a very easy, practical way to go through the roof for somebody who can't do anything for you. And again, as we do that, purpose lights just come on. I think that happens. Salvaging. Salvaging. Now, here's what's fascinating about this type of work and rescuing others. I think we have a responsibility as an organization, as a church, to be involved in rescuing work and salvaging work. And I want you to know, every time we open the doors to this place, every single time, today included, in big ways and in small ways, when we smile and when we greet people and make them feel accepted and welcomed. When we open up the word of God and allow God and his word to just pierce the hearts of individuals to encourage and convict and to challenge, to do whatever it is that God's word needs to do. When that happens here on Sundays and when we are responding to the greatness of God and we're doing that individually, people do notice People see, and there are a host of individuals through the church who are being salvaged and rescued. We all have a responsibility in this. Church isn't just for us. It's also for other people to understand that God cares about them and God loves them. Let me tell you the story about somebody who's been salvaged right here. And I could give you story after story after story of this, but here's just one example. A few years ago, there was a gentleman who dropped off his son here at Valley Point. And he didn't feel comfortable coming in. It just wasn't time for him to do that. And so he dropped off his son and he sat in the parking lot and waited for his son to be finished. And after a few weeks, he just noticed the life change in his son, became intrigued by that. If they can help my son, maybe they can help me as well. And so he ventured it and he talks about how he was welcomed and accepted and loved And he got into this room and came under the authority of the word of God and allowed that to cultivate his heart. And he heard about a God who cared about him and loved him and was experiencing that with other people as well. I remember a few months after he started coming, we sat in my office today. And this is a 50-ish year old man. 
just crying and asking, can God love someone like me? Is that actually true? Can that happen? And I said, yeah. God can and God does. And that started a relationship that he began with Christ and he trusted in Jesus alone to save him. And he became so excited about what God was doing in his life. He faced some hardships after that. And through his faith, even though he got a little shaky at times, and through the church and people encouraging him and loving him and helping him, he was able to endure that, continued to grow. I got a call from him just a week ago where he received an answer to prayer, something that he had been praying for for a long time. And God finally answered. He was really excited about that and just wanted to share. And this is what he told me. He said, look, I am so thankful for what God has done for me. I feel I've got to give back to him and I want to do something for the church. Can I come and clean toilets? That's the honest to God's truth. I've never had anybody ask to clean toilets. Like nobody asked to do that. But he did. And I think one of the reasons he was willing to be that humble and so excited about doing something like cleaning toilets is that he felt the value of being salvaged and rescued. Look, we all have a responsibility in this. Whether we're feeling good about our life right now, just know when we open the doors, we have a responsibility right here to rescue and to salvage the people that God is bringing to us. And perhaps, just perhaps, God wants to use you this Christmas time to salvage, to rescue a relationship, your faith, or your God-given purpose. Let's give our time to this. Father, we praise you for being a God who cares, a God who sees, a God who loves. I'm thankful for Mark chapter 2 and what we discover here about individuals who were so willing to go through the roof for somebody else. God, I pray that you'd give us all the courage to think that way. God, it's not easy to rescue. It's not easy to salvage. Sometimes we feel we may have very good reasons for not stepping forward. God, I pray that you'd help us to set that aside today and just be willing to do whatever it takes to salvage, to rescue. And whether that's a relationship or our faith or our God-given purpose, God, help us to take whatever steps you're laying upon our hearts right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.